today my guest is Bronwyn Powell and she is a master writer she knows how to write words and make the words sound magical and put it all together so that you don't feel like a fool if you're anything like me writing is the scariest thing on earth but having been through some of Bronwyn's advice and the I've actually been thinking about maybe I should start blogging or maybe I should put my hand forward you know and start writing a little bit Hey everybody, my name is Rishma Zainot and welcome to yet another conversation with me and my guests as we talk about all things tech industry business to help you navigate through the world of making decisions in your business, in your life and your building your personal brand and how to do that without making silly mistakes. You're going to make silly mistakes. That's a given. It will always happen. But what we're trying to do in this conversation is to make sure that that happens less and you've got a better chance of success. Uh, so, uh, welcome Bronwyn, why don't you tell the people that's watching this a little bit about yourself and why you love writing so much. Thanks for having me Richard and for that awesome introduction. Um, yeah, so I'm a writer, I write mainly online. I got my start in the newsroom in 2004 and obviously that industry completely changed over the past few years. Facebook was invented the same year I started in the newsroom. The internet kind of changed communication and how we get news. So I found myself working communications, looking at online writing, and just how to use the web as a publishing tool. So now these days, my focus is on writing articles, long-form articles for tech companies. Awesome. So um, if you know when I when I see a lot of your writing, uh, you you seem to do a mixture of your own writing uh, styles, and then you also refer to a other websites is there a reason for this is there a strategy behind this what is what is the reason for that so yes a lot of the content i post is around um, my own articles that i've written whether it's on my blog or guest blog posts but because i'm reading about writing and content every single day i find lots of really useful articles online and i always share them to my own timeline um, because i know that most people don't have the time to spend an hour or two per day reading about writing or reading books on writing, but it's my job, so I do do it a lot. And that's why I kind of find that I can help people find those articles because I am in all corners of the internet all day, looking at writing tips, reading about the practicing things. So if you do see my LinkedIn or even my blog, it's usually a collection of things that I've learned, my own experience, and also the best practices and tips. I mean, other writers have already gone out and done the work. So how awesome is it now that you can pick up a book or you can read an article and you can step into this writer's mind and build on everything they've done before. So that's why there is that mix of content on my blog and on my LinkedIn as well. Yeah, I, I, I tend to you know, find, find that when I uh, also learn, um, I'm using a lot of resources from other people so that the journey is a little bit easier. And um, also, you know, when you are, are doing something is to, to, to share something that resonates with you through other people's work. Uh, and that sort of uh, builds up, um, you know, a catalog of your go-to advisors almost uh, online, you know, even though you, you may not have met the person, they almost become your virtual advisors uh, uh, to you. 
is there is there any top two that that you recommend uh people who are interested in writing besides yourself you know go and read some of their works who's your top two authors or online writers or bloggers that you that you love so it all depends definitely on the kind of writing that you want to do and you want to improve your writing whether it's writing for social media or you want to get any good at writing blog posts i would say find a good example of those and dissect it and follow those specific writers so for blogging, I would definitely say visit sites like Copy Blogger and Smart Blogger because they are experts at writing online. Um, they attract hundreds, if not millions, of page views a month. Um, I actually did a few courses, free and paid, with Copy Blogger and Smart Blogger, and I learned so much. So definitely, if it's something that you really want to get better at blogging and writing articles that you know from the first line people really connect with, I would definitely say check out those two sites. And then on LinkedIn, it's so easy because you can literally see the kind of content that people are responding to. And then after a while, you start to see this like almost a framework that these posts are using. So look for those people in your industry, really distant from industry and platform. And then you can actually start to see, okay, these are actually the techniques that these people are using. And once you kind of figure out those techniques, you can try to apply it to your own writing. Yeah, so um, you know, so you're saying copy blogger, smart blogger are great uh, resources for you to go, uh, you know, through the paces. But uh, if you're someone uh, like me and you are dead afraid of reading, uh, of writing, maybe I'm afraid of reading as well. But you know, of writing, like how do you how do you start? How do you sort of get into it from a beginner's point of view? Uh, let's say, I mean, I just recently launched a course uh, on my website learn.imagination.ca. Uh, there's there's no content on the other than the sales pages, and the, the copy on it is bad. I wrote it myself. Uh, but um, so so how? How would you go about, you know, setting someone up to say, look, when you're getting started, here's lesson 101, do this. Like, what is that advice? For me, personally, I'd love to know because I need to get some content on my side. Well, the first thing is just write. <laughs> and give, you, give yourself permission to be bad. Because I think we actually have this like idea in our heads that you know, the authors whose books we buy and the people whose articles we read online, that they have this kind of natural ability that they are just better at writing. But if you read kind of the autobiographies or, you know, get advice from any of these writers, all of them believe that they are bad writers. And the only way that they've kind of gotten over that fear or that belief is just that they started writing. And here's the thing, even for them, I'm talking about people like, you know, Dr. Maya Angelou, who is probably one of the most celebrated writers. She admitted that when she was in the window writing a book, she'd go into a hotel room and sometimes she'd spend two weeks there and all she'd end up with is the cat on the mat. <laughs> and she'd say she'd have to play with the language and manipulate it. So I think we just first have to understand and accept that even the best writers like out there, people who get paid to write, people who teach writing, they struggle with it. They don't come to the keyboard necessarily and they just write out, you know, pages of beautiful words that just go out and they get published. Everyone struggles with writing and the best way to just get over that or to just become comfortable with it is just to write and to accept that those words, they might be bad, they might be silly, they might make no sense, but that process of writing um, and you can do something called free writing, which is a technique when you just write for two minutes. The yeah. words that you actually write during that process, remember that's private, that's not published, the pressure is not on there, that's 
totally between you and the page and it's getting those thoughts out onto the page. But most times, the articles that we see published anywhere, they go through several rounds of revision. I mean, books that are published, you edit it before you send it to the publisher, the publisher will come back with edits. It's a real involved process. So I feel like sometimes we get intimidated because we look at these books, or we look at these writers and we think, there's no way I could ever do something like that. So all you have to do is just start writing. It does get easier. But at the start, give yourself permission to be bad. Don't think about writing. The only way to get better is to work through that bad writing. Questions like, you know, what, what stories of like utter fear do you have about publishing something or putting it online? uh that you can share with someone just so they resonate you don't have to feel like you know they total spares and they shouldn't be doing this that they can actually like real people like you and i go through these same things you just actually like spoke about something that i actually struggled with this year um so i just i was putting out content and videos and then i really started to get a lot of views people were sharing it i got so many comments i was actually struggling to keep up with responding to all these comments and I was getting that dopamine that comes with that kind of notifications. I mean, that's how social media is designed. And suddenly I saw the banking and I sat down with my husband and I was like, but what if the next post that I um, create, no one likes it and it's just full flat? And he was like, then. And then I actually started to question, so why am I actually creating content? Am I creating content because I want people to go out and like it and I just want the likes and the followers? and Really, like, what's the end game there? And so you're actually creating or you're writing for that external validation. And then he actually shared this video clip with me from Simon Sinek, and it really connected with me. And he spoke about kind of having a taker's mindset and a keeper's mindset. And he says, if you have a taker's mindset, you're actually like someone that, if someone says, wow, that was a great, you were all fan, someone says, you know, there's a great point, can you elaborate? And the taker mindset would be, you have to buy the book. Where a keeper mindset would be like, you know, this is the kind of elaborate on the point, give the person details. And applying it to content for me is, am I creating content to take? I want to take likes, I want to take attention, or is it just to like always just give? And I think like once you change that mindset, it's just kind of liberating. So now I create content when I think it's going to be helpful. I create content when I share something I think it's going to be interesting. But I really try to stop paying attention to, you know, are people going to like it? Is someone going to, is someone going to comment on it? I think if you just kind of have your rule of thumb as this is going to be helpful, people are going to enjoy this, you know, that will happen over time. And the thing is, if you look at any writer out there, uh, go onto Medium. There are authors on Medium that get hundreds of thousands of likes or shares on their work. Then go onto their profiles and you'll see actually that I an article last week that got 100 likes. So this is the natural cycle I've discovered of writing or creating. Um, one week your editor will tell you, and this actually uh, New York Times writer was saying the same thing, one week your editor will tell you that this was perfect, I made no edits. The next week they'll come back to you and say, hmm, I think we're going to have to relook our approach here. So in a way, content creation and writing is humbling. And I think that's actually what the best part is about it because you're always learning. And remember, the only way that you're really going to see if something connects with anyone is by putting it out there. Um, I know you just mentioned about Gary Player and practicing. And I was actually reading an article about a very famous comedian who is always out practicing his tracks. So he goes to like nightclubs before he has a big tour. And at some clubs, he gets zero loss. 
And this is the way he actually starts to see, like, you know, what is this, what's connecting with this audience? What's a youth wants to miss? Like, the thing is that perfection really truly holds you back. Because you are not going to know what people really find useful. Push your limits and just put yourself out there. Because as my editor once told me, it's just the internet. <laughs> and it's like you can always edit something or you can see when something doesn't work. But the only way is really just to put yourself out there. Do not get caught up in metrics. Enjoy the process. I like the, 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 the point of view from Simon Sinek that you're using, the takers and the givers. I mean, I put out a lot of content. I can't count how much I do a week and in, 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 a, in a month. But I do put out a lot of content. But it's also, if you have some sort of credibility and traction, it's okay to ask for the sale. Like, I mean, where, where are you on that scale in terms of the, the, the give and the take and the ask, like, how oh, is there a, a, a magic formula that people can follow? <laughs> Everyone's always looking for the list, it could be the top five things I must do to get there. Well, I was actually a um, digital marketer looking at the at email marketing course of theirs recently, and something that the instructor said just, you know, when you hear something and it just clicks. And you were saying with any kind of marketing, all you have to do is treat it like a normal relationship. So would you meet someone today, um, either in a professional setting or personal setting, and would you immediately, hi, my name is Bronwyn, my name is Richard, can you do this for me? Will you do me this favor? You wouldn't really. Um, what you do is you actually build up some kind of rapport with this person. And then, you know, after a few weeks, when the time is right, I would say, then it's okay to be like, you know what, I actually have this. And because I actually know you so well now, I think you might find this interesting. So I think that sometimes marketing, we even see examples of this and it makes us feel really uncomfortable. I think, and you made a good point about kind of preying on people's fears. And we would think, would you do that in kind of a real life relationship with someone? Would you want to exploit or manipulate someone? Or would you rather kind of want to show them, you know, you have this issue, so I think this might help you because this is the kind of transformation you'll get with this product or service. So that for me is a good kind of logic. I would just think, is this something you would do in real life? Treat this like a real life relationship. And that's kind of just a good kind of sense of judgment as to whether something feels like a very forced pushy style or just a natural kind of desirable thing that I know that you're interested in, that I know can help you. Yeah, so, um, you know, so, so let's switch back to writing. Uh, um, we kind of generally talking about like content, uh, but should, should people always be focused on, on all the streams of, of um, content that's out there? We talk about, you know, there's Pinterest, there's Instagram, there's all these platforms. I generally don't use all of them. I focus mainly on LinkedIn and Facebook. It's, I think we have had the best success with audiences. And also TikTok just scares me. It's so busy. Uh, but um, but from a writing perspective, you know, is there is there some sort of methodology that you can approach? So uh, when especially like when you someone like me who's not who's not I don't write frequently. Uh, um, what what methodologies is there a structure that you can use to help frame a, a story content piece? So I actually um, was just reading a case study the other day of a business person, his name is Marcus Sheridan, and his story just kind of showed me exactly like 
such a great case study for how to get started and really create content that people want. Um, so he owned a pool and spa business in 2009 during the recession. And I mean, he was one of those businesses that was just going to be completely devastated by um, the financial crisis. And he lost $250,000 in 48 hours. And he says he was very close to like, he was going to lose it all. And he spent a few hours and he started learning about inbound marketing. And he kind of took away that all you have to do is find out what are the questions that your ideal buyer or your target audience, what are they asking, and you answer it. So that was his blog's philosophy. They ask, we answer. He turned his entire business around. It's one of it's the most traffic swimming pool website, and it was all because of just answering questions that people are asking. So if you find yourself at a point now where you want to start writing and you do not know where to start, like all you have to do is actually answer the questions that your ideal reader is asking. And there's so many ways that you can actually just find that. Um, you have conversations with your customers. It's a great place to start. If you're working with a larger team, sit down with, uh, when I came into a new company and I was talking with doing a uh, content strategy, the first thing I did was sit down with the sales team, sit down with, custom, uh, sit down with customer support, and then actually start to get a few customers that I could call. And you just find out what are they interested in? What blogs do they read? How do they consume content? You will learn so much. You will learn things like, so what I discovered when I interviewed customers, as much as we need to write long form pieces of content if we want to rank in SEO, the people are waiting who didn't have time for that. So automatically, I know that I actually have to front load my article and have a nice you know, summary so that someone can easily get the, as they say, the too long down the bullet points at the start. So the best place, it's just the content will create itself, is if you just go out there with, my audience has answers that are related to my business and my industry, I am well placed to answer these questions, and you build your content strategy around that. If you do that, and you, the key to obviously is be consistent with this. You do that for a long enough time, people will find you. Um, and you talk about LinkedIn. So when I started freelance writing, I set myself a goal that I was going to use LinkedIn to get customers, to get people to hire me to write content for them. And I did, was on there for a year and nothing happened. And everything changed once I just started sharing writing tips. Made it very clear in my profile that I was a writer, um, optimized my title to include writer. This year, I started, when I could no longer take on client work, ironically, I started to get so many DMs, people offering me writing leads, the recruiters coming to me with writing opportunities. When I needed this two years ago, because I wasn't in the, I hadn't made that investment in consistent content development, I couldn't reap that reward. Now, after a year or two of doing it, that you can see it's paying off. So the best thing is find out where your audience is, find out what they need help with, and start creating that content and just stay consistent at it. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of information that you that you gave me. I'm gonna try to distill this. So 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 from a writing perspective, you're saying that um, you know while you especially with long form content, which I like, I like the longer form content. I don't know. I mean, I I I, I do read it and consume it. I create long form content as well. But you're saying that is is it's like the first advice is you just write. So you just write your article, whatever comes to mind, you, you write it. But but before you even start there, it's maybe answer a question that you have personally that you think other people will have, you know. So so that is answering the question. And so you're just writing to answer that question. 
and then what I heard you say is that once you finish writing take the top two points in and put that as your intro and summary kind of and that would give you a structure to how to sort of format you don't have to think of those things in the beginning because like you said a lot of the, the stuff that we read online has been maybe not online but has been published has been edited and there's been a team of people looking at it and for the professional publications that is that online that's probably happening as well um and so when you don't have this team and resources you use what you've got which is just obviously set the time aside write also a question that you think somebody has if that you have yourself because maybe in a few years time you read your old stuff and you come back to it and like it'll help you like honest, I've, I've watched some of my videos from years back and i was like wow did i really say that <laughs> and so you write it once you finish with it read through it again and create sort of your two point summary of what you just wrote and put that as your intro and that's a great way to structure it like at the end you can maybe finish it off with a, another question to your audience to get them thinking and to get them to interact with that content uh, that you've put out there and that, that sounds like a framework to, to use to get going and I think what you actually that that framework is especially helpful when you are writing content online. So if we're specifically talking about you have a keyword um, and if you are new to this and you need to find out what keywords you need to be targeting, there are so many free tools you can use online. So I would definitely say include that. Make sure that that's part of your your process because even though you would be answering questions. You want to make sure that you are using the terms and the language that your customers are using. And really, today it's easier than ever to go onto Google and Google will actually tell you exactly what people are searching for. So if I type in, and you can do this experiment with your industry, type in anything that's related to your industry, type in social media marketing, type in marketing. Google will show you, it has a, a tab called people also ask. So it will actually show you what questions people are asking about this. If you scroll right to the end of the, the search engine results page, Google is going to show you there what else people are asking about related terms. So really, Google is like actually a free resource that you can use and you can know exactly what people are asking for. And when it does come to writing, you mentioned you do like reading long form content online. I love it. I can get lost in the article online. But there are studies coming out that some people will only spend about 15 seconds deciding whether or not they need to read an article. So the first thing is make sure that your headline includes a promise of what that benefit is, how to do something, five ways to do something. We see this and we feel like it's kind of formulaic or cliche, but I think what's powerful about it is that immediately I can make a decision. Is this article worth my time? Because there are millions of pieces of content coming online each day. You have to earn your reader's attention. So if I can see the headline, wow, okay, yes, I do want to learn how to address that problem in, you know, six ways. I do want the resources to do that. Once you come to your article, your intro, just need to tell your reader exactly what they're going to be learning. I know a lot of, I just spoke about smart blogger or copy blogger. You'll see if you go and have a look at those articles, those blogs, right from the beginning, they will get into your head. Do you want tips on how to write better? Do you want to find more writing time during your day? Do you want to find the best online resources for writing? Yes. <laughs> and what they do is they'll download that right at the top. 
So another strategy that people do use for online content, you could use table of contents. So that's just creating hyperlinks so that someone might just want to skip the intro, they want to skip um, research that you've done, just give them a way to navigate your article. So remember when people are reading online, they are skimming. So they're just kind of picking up what they can, they're reading in what is called an S-shape, so you can use subheads to kind of split your content up. People don't want to see walls of text really, and use your own experience and your own stories because there's lots of content on the internet, but none of them have you. You have uh, had learned lessons, you have made mistakes, you have learned things. You can pepper this throughout your article because then you know what? I want to read from someone that's actually done this before, that has the real life experience versus an article that could be copied and pasted anywhere. So I've said this before, but I really truly believe that you and us, we are our own writing superpowers. We do have that insight that no one else has, a perspective that no one else has. So it's so important to actually let that shine through in your writing. Wow, awesome. So that's fantastic. I'm definitely going to use it. I need to rethink some of the stuff that I've done just like recently that I put out and go and revisit that. But um, that's amazing. So Bruno, just a, a, some quick fire questions here just to so that the audience gets to know you a little bit better, you know, uh, and what you're about. Your favorite author? Uh, Maya Angelou. Uh, who's that? Um, Maya Angelou, she was an American writer, so she wrote, um, you know, she wrote lots of autobiography, she wrote poems, and even if you were a non-fiction writer, you can go read, pick up something from Maya Angelou, and what she does is she does something that people, it's kind of a piece of writing advice, and it's called Show, Don't Tell. I'm sure if you've read the sales page of any kind of copy you've heard about it before, so it's not about saying, you know, the man is stressed. Maya Angelou would say, you know, he was biting his nails and he furrowed his brow and sweat was gathering at, the, at his forehead. So she, she's just a very, she's one of like those writers, though one of those iconic writers. Um, and then Stephen King as well. Locally, I love Dion Mayer, Zoe Become. I, I, I could go on. I'm going to stop there. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like you can go on a little bit. So, and then uh, your favorite food, what do you love eating? Cheese. Mm, I'm going to have to say probably my mom's home cooked brown stew with just tons of veg on the side. Ooh. I could have that any day. It's so. raining here, so that sounds absolutely delicious to me right now. <laughs> and then, uh, where are you in the world? I actually don't know where you are. I'm Cape Town. All the way over in Cape Town, South Africa. Sunny Cape Town. Well, sunny right now. Um, yeah, I love you with Marzin and my two kids. Oh, fantastic. And then if if you could impart one piece of advice to, to the world, what would that be? You are an item and you can be a brilliant writer. All you have to do is just start today. It's incredibly intimidating because we say things like, but I'm just not a good writer, but there's really no such thing. The only difference between you and the writers that you read is that they practice writing every single day. That's the only difference. So start right now. Do something called free writing. You can Google it. Um, one of the pioneers of free writing is called Peter Albo, and he gives lots of techniques how to do it. But all it is, take 10 minutes, just write, write without thinking. And the more you do that, the more comfortable you become. 
and then you can just move on to you know writing things that other people might read. It's a personal process. It's between you and the page, but there is a brilliant writer in there. And remember that once you feel confident in writing, it's a mechanism to get your thoughts and your ideas out into the world. So all you have to do is just start small, just start even with you know a sentence that you're gonna write today. Fantastic. So uh, if there are people here wanting to connect with you and ask you questions, how do they best do that? Yes, I'm always, I love talking about writing and content. So you can reach me anytime. I'm on LinkedIn, Broadman Powell. Um, you can just find me there. My site is broadmanpowell.com. And then I also do love emails from people talking about writing or content development, um, which is my email is broadman at broadmanpowell.com. So I love talking about this. I could talk about it for days, hours on end, so please do message me. Excellent, excellent. And I'll put all of those links here on the video somewhere and on the descriptions below so that you can have access to that. Uh, Bronwyn, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you for having this conversation for, with me. I'm definitely going to go ahead and look at some of the stuff that I've done and try and do a better job of it. Um, and uh, if, there, if there's if any, anything that I, I, I didn't ask you that you were hoping that I would ask you, um, well, I just want to say that I know it's small businesses, so ideally what you do want to do is get um, a site and a domain which is professionally registered, but you can also really start a blog for free if you want to test the waters. You can go onto Wix or WordPress, Weebly. These are not very sophisticated platforms, but you can start for free, like right now. and. Obviously, because it is your business, what you do want to do down the line is you want to go onto, you know, a self-hosted WordPress site. Um, you want to buy your own domain, but the, the value to entry is, is not there. It's just about making time for it and being consistent with it. And you'll see after six months, after a year, people will find your work and you will actually be able to build a community around your content. It's just about starting. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, I find that a lot of people will including myself i've done this is we create these false mountains these false walls these false barriers in terms of doing anything uh instead of just moving forward there's lots of ways you can you can write a, a piece of paper right or and, and take a photo of it and send it to people you can you know just email people like nemo or like and there's lots of free online resources that you can you can put your work out there and people can see it you can even write directly into social media platforms uh, on exactly. and, and write sort of long form posts and you're in the beginning I don't think you're gonna write very long things you know it you think it's long and then it'll be like very quick you know and and so one of the things that I was thinking about when we were talking earlier was um, that once you've written something read it again but read it and ask yourself would you read this <laughs> if you saw this headline would you read it and if the answer is no reframe your headline don't rewrite the whole article just reframe your headline to create um curiosity to 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 get someone interested like oh well, what's this about uh and uh, just to get them to be a bit more curious about what it is that you're writing you actually just touched on if i could say one last thing such a good point you have to this is something that Tony Morrison says as well that write something that's not out there and you want it to be out there you have to write it so something that you can do is use it to like pocket or evernote and when you are online and you see a great 
article and you click on it, save that to your envelope, save that to your pocket. If you saw an intro and that intro made you want to read the next sentence, save that and go back and be critical about it. Why did I click on the set line? Why did I go past that intro and read the second sentence? You can actually then start to see, oh, wow, it's because, as you say, there was a curiosity gap. Um, sites like Buzzword and Upworthy, they kind of created that little clickbait. But you can see these kind of patterns online. You can create your own swipe file where you have these pieces of content that inspire you. That is an excellent piece of advice. I'm definitely going to do that uh, and, uh, and just start looking at that. So it's like analyze your own behavior if you want to understand other people's behavior as well. Probably the same as what you are. And so that, that is a brilliant piece of advice. It's awesome. Bronwyn, thanks so much for coming alongside me and having this conversation. Uh, like I said, I put all the links in the description. If you want to know more about Bronwyn, you can reach out to her on LinkedIn. She's pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, I think post daily uh, and weekends. She was, I thought I was the only one. I don't post every weekend, but I do sometimes. It's, uh, it's insane. And uh, I'll catch you on the next episode.